Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Good morning. You know, the times that we live in are really exciting, frightful. Pick a word, right? I mean, you just don't know what's going on. But if there's one thing I would want for you in these times, it's this. I would want to know that you're made right with God. That you are where you need to be with Him. So we're going to talk about that today. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, who worship idols, commit adultery, male prostitutes, practice homosexuality. For those who say that's not in the Bible, here it is. It's pretty clear. Thieves, greedy people, drunkards, abusive, cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. None of those are right with God. And that's not an exhaustive list. Some of you were, that's a great word, were once like that. But now you are cleansed. You are made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So we're going to look at that this morning. What does it take to be right with God? First of all, you have to admit that you're a sinner. You have sinned. Simply means this. God has established boundaries and rules, and you have broken them. You have went against them. Don't need to raise hands. How many of you have lied once? Well, it was a little white lie. I don't care what color it was. It was still a lie, right? You cheated. You stole something. You said some words that were not appropriate, and you knew it. You had some hatred in your heart towards someone, and you knew it was wrong. You have broken God's rule. That's called a sin. Now, I don't need you to raise hands. Why? Because the Bible already tells me, Romans 3.23, everyone has sinned. All of us fall short of God's glorious standard. Begin with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were created. God said, here's the garden. You can do all of this. One thing you can't do, don't, don't eat of that tree. God set some rules, some boundaries. Why did he do that? Because he wanted mankind to love him. And you cannot force somebody to love you. They have to make a choice to do that. And God was giving them this choice. If you love me, you're going to do this because this is what I want for you. If you don't, you'll do that because you know that will not be something that I will be happy with. You understand that. And so they ate of the tree. The moment they did that, sin entered the world. And what's the penalty of sin? You die. Now, if you say you've never sinned, 
I'll check back with you in, uh, well, I won't, but we'll check back with you in uh, 100 years. And if you're still around, I might believe, we might believe you. But see, why do people die? Not from cancer, not, not from heart, not from all kinds of other things. They die because they've sinned. Why will you die? You sinned. Now, you see, here's the thing. When God created man and woman, He made them eternal beings. So you will die in this life, but your life is not over. There is still a heaven and a hell. And if you have sinned, you die and go to hell. The only way out of that is to be saved. And you have to admit you're a sinner. Well, pastor, I know some really good people. I got a neighbor. I have a neighbor. Great people. Nice people. They, they, they you know, great conversations. They'll do everything for you. Uh, you know, one of my neighbors, Hurricane came through several years ago, and uh, you might think bad of me. I, I don't board up my house. Okay, it's just there. He knows that. He calls me. He's in Kentucky, I think, or someplace. He said, look, my house, I got the shutters up. Why don't you go over there and stay during this storm? And by the way, I got a generator in the garage. Why don't you use that? Great guy. But he sinned. You see, you can't be good enough to get to heaven. All have sinned. And the penalty of sin is the death in this life and hell in the next. And so it begins with this understanding. I am a sinner. I have sinned. I have broken God's rules. Well, I haven't broken many of them. All you've got to break is one. And you're guilty. That's where it starts that's where it begins. Do you know there's a lot of people who don't want to admit this? Oh, I'm a good person. Oh, I've been to church. Oh, I do all these good things. I'm okay. You know, God will understand. And they're not willing to admit they have broken God's rules. So that's step number one. Admit you're a sinner. I have sinned. Second step, accept the work of Jesus Christ. Accept what Jesus Christ has done for us. John chapter 3, verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, stop there. Let me make sure you understand this. It's in the Old Testament. The children of Israel were going through the desert. They were doing things that were displeasing to God. God said, look, I'm going to do something so that you'll come back to me. And he sent poisonous snakes among them. And the snakes would bite them and they would die. They cried out to God, God, help us, save us, stop this. And God told Moses, take a pole, put a snake on top of it, lift it up, put it in the middle of of the community. And when they look on that, they will be healed. In fact, today, if you look at the medical profession, what's the insignia they have? They have a pole with two snakes. If you look it up, they'll tell you it's from Greek mythology, but this precedes that. And so that's what he said to do. He said, just as Moses had to do that so that those people will be healed, the Son of Man has to be lifted up in the same way so that you can be saved from your sins. 
Everyone who believes in him will have eternal life, heaven. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, hell, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus did not come to bring judgment. He will come another time to do that. The first time he came, he came so that you and I could be saved, so that you and I could have our sins dealt with. Romans 3.22, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, and this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So we come to that place where that word believe is there. You're going to believe this? because, Pastor, how do I know Jesus did that? you got a couple of reasons. Number one, the Bible says so. Number two, history says so. Study your history. You know, there's times when the world will say, well, you know, we don't think that in the Bible happened because we don't have an historical account of that. And about the time they say that, they do an archaeological dig and something is dug up and said, oh, I guess it was there. And so we have proof, but you know, it still takes faith. Why? I can't see it. I can't touch it. I, 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 you know, I know what it says. I know it's there. I, I know what history says. I, I know everything that's going on, but I'm just not sure. That's where faith comes in. And if you're going to live for God, you have to live by faith. And here's simply what faith means. I don't have all the answers, but I choose to believe anyway. Now, you act in faith all the time. When you walked into this building today and sat down in the chair, you sat in and that chair was an act of faith. You believed that nobody had sawed one of the legs so that it would crumble when you sat down in it. You believe that the chair was strong enough to support your weight. We won't get into that anymore. You just, faith, I I did it without thinking. Why? Because I believe it was going to do that. And so you have to come to that place where you believe Jesus Christ came into this world as a man. He never sinned. He died on a cross. An innocent man died. He rose from the dead and he paid the price for sin because the innocent died for the guilty. That's what's all throughout the Old Testament. That's why the sacrificial system was in place. You offer a lamb that was an innocent dying for you, being guilty. That would cover your sins. So now it's Jesus, the sacrificial lamb, the innocent one who did not deserve to die. He died for you and me so that you and I could be forgiven. And I have to believe that. Romans 10, 9, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, two ways to do that, just very quickly. One is, that's why we believe in water baptism. It's your time to openly declare that Jesus is the Lord. We do that by you living a life that openly declares it. And believe in your heart, there's that believe again, 
that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So I come to that place where I admit I'm a sinner. I've broken God's rules. I am guilty. And I deserve to die. And I deserve hell. But Jesus came. And Jesus came so that I could go to heaven because God says He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to have life in heaven. And He came so that I could live. Salvation comes by admitting I've sinned, by believing and coming to that place where I accept the work of Jesus Christ. And thirdly, I ask for forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness. Now, you may be here today and say, Pastor, you don't understand what I've done. You don't know how many times I've done it. I have lived a life that is so horrible. You can't believe all the things. I, don't be- I believe I've done so many wrong things that God can't forgive me. You would be wrong. You would not understand the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on that cross. And so this is for anybody No matter what you've done, no matter how long you've done it, no matter how many times you've done it, if I ask for forgiveness, God hears. Romans 10, 11, the Scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in Him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile, that covers everybody in the world, are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on Him, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. No matter what you've done, salvation. 1 John 1.8, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, now hear me, confess our sins. We don't have enough time in this day or in this week for you to confess every sin you've ever committed. That would take way too long. Smile at me. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's not saying you got to go through them all. It's just, God, I have sinned numerous times. God, I can't even remember them all, but you know them, and I admit to you, I have sinned and broken your rules. That's the confession. So, if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. He is faithful. He will do it. So, if you ask, admit, okay, God, I've sinned, but I believe that's why Jesus Christ died on the cross so that I could be forgiven and I could have life eternal with you in heaven. I believe that. And so here I am, I'm here saying, okay, God, I admit I'm a sinner. 
And I thank you for dying for me on a cross. And I want you to forgive me of all of my sins. And I believe that you have the right and the power to do that because of what you've done for me on the cross. And if you pray that prayer, God will forgive you like that. Because God's forgiveness is not like you and I. Our forgiveness is, I'll forgive you, but I'm going to be watching you for a while. Right? And if you don't line up, then forget it. God doesn't do that. Here it is. You ask, I'll forgive. And then I'm right with God. I'm, I'm taking that step. Then, next step, apply the work of Jesus to your life. Apply the work of Jesus to your life. Okay, he's done that. How many of you believe that if he does that, something's going to change, right? I think one of the first things that changes, if, for me, I remember when I was a kid, I accepted the Lord. I remember that night. And I remember, man, I felt like a weight was lifted out of my life. I mean, I was a horrible sinner at nine years old. Uh, but you know what? When I asked God to forgive me, a weight was gone off my life. I still remember it, how free I felt. And then I have a responsibility to apply what I've just experienced. Matthew 3, 8. Prove by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Acts 20, 21. I have one message for Jews and Greeks alike. Again, everybody. The necessity of repenting from sin, turning to God, having faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's that word repentance, isn't there? Repentance is a great word. It simply means I'm sorry. But it also means this. You do a 180. My life is t trending in this direction. I was living for myself. I was doing my own thing. I was the judge and jury on everybody's life, including my own. I was the one who determined right and wrong. I don't know what I want and I should have and what I should get. I know this is all about me, and I'm going to live for me. And you come to God and say, God, you know what? I've broken your rules. I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? I believe that you've died on a cross, and I repent of my sins. I'm sorry for them. Forgive me. He says, I will. So I repent, which means I was going this way. Now I'm going to go this way. Now I don't live for myself. Now I live for God. Now I treat others differently, don't I? Yeah, yes, you do. Come on, help me here. Now I think differently about the things going on around me. I got to change the way I think. I thought like everybody else in the world. I don't think that way anymore. My thoughts respond from Scripture. So I come to that place where I say, I'm sorry. I'm going to turn. I'm going to go in this way. I'm going to change the way that I live. Because I want to live for you and not for me. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone. A new life begins. Repent. Change. 
become different. Not only am I different on the inside because the weight's been lifted, but now I have a responsibility to let that difference come out. And now I live a different life. Next week, I'm going to talk about what that life entails and how we do it. But I live differently. Colossians 1.21. This includes you who were once far away from God. In other words, you didn't believe it. You were doing your own thing. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and action. You see, anything that is against God's rules is evil and wicked. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him, great line here, without a single fault. Wow. That's forgiveness. But you must continue to believe this truth. Stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. And so I come to that place where I say, God, you know what? I want to now become a different person. I don't want to live for me any longer. I want to live for you. I don't want to live according to my rules. I want to live according to yours. I want to do what's right in your sight, not what's right in my sight. Because we are all good at justifying our behavior, aren't we? We're all very good at making excuses for what we do. But we become honest with God. And so I come to that place where I say, okay, you know what? I've broken God's rules. I've sinned. I've done that. But I know that Jesus Christ came for a person like me who's a sinner. And he died on a cross for me. And what he did on that cross, he paid the full price and he alone has the right to forgive me of all of my sins. And if I will ask him, he will forgive me and I will be not guilty. And I will continue to live a different life because he has made a difference in my life. He has changed me. And now I have a new spirit, his spirit within me that guides me, that directs me, that comforts me. Now, please hear me. Once you do that, you do not become perfect. I know that's a shock to you because you look around this room and think everybody in this room is perfect. Uh, let me tell you, no, 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 no. We're not perfect. But we are people who are going to do everything we can to live a right life before God. Knowing that God has given me life. Life. Without it, I'm just headed for destruction. I'm just headed for death. But with it, I have a hope and something to look forward to. And then lastly, you act like you're saved. And again, next week, I'm going to really touch on this. But, but notice what it says. 
and you might see these verses again. 2 Corinthians 5.15, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Philippians 1.11, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. So I said at the beginning, what would I want for you in the midst of all these times? I would want for you to know that you're right with God. Because I know in this room, there's probably some people who say, well, I think I'm saved. I don't know if I'm saved. I'm not sure how to be saved. I don't know what to do this. I want some clarity in your life for you to know I am saved. Because in just a moment, we're going to take communion. And you know what communion says for all of us? I'm saved. I have much to be thankful for. And I remind myself of what Christ has done on a cross for me. There's probably some in this room when you walked in today, you were just living your own life and just here because you had to be here because you just had to come with someone or something. But you would know I'm not saved. But as you said here this morning, you recognize I need to be and I need to make a change. So here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to make this as easy as I can. I'd like for everybody just to close your eyes if you would. I, I want everybody to have some... Uh, be able to do this with knowing it's, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. But you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor, I'm not saved or I wasn't sure I was saved, but I want to be and I want to change that right now by admitting my sin, by believing what Jesus Christ has done, by asking for forgiveness and living a different life. And as nobody's looking, you just raise your hand. I'm going to say a prayer in just a moment for you. You just raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. Pray for me. I want to make a change. Is anybody here? Wait just a moment. I'm probably not going to see everybody, but you just raise your hand and say that. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. Nothing else. You say, that's me. Okay. Father, we thank you today for the life that you offer to us through Jesus Christ. We thank you that we get to live with a confidence of knowing I, my sins are forgiven and I get to live with an assurance that one day I'm going to live forever with God in heaven. I thank you for that assurance. I thank you for the life that you give to me because of Christ. I thank you for forgiving my sins and I thank you for the hope that I have and I want my life to live in that difference that only you can make thank you for hearing our prayers thank you for forgiving us in thy name we pray amen Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. 
We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.